Isn't it good? To, I'm glad to be here. Are you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's so good to be here. Hey, good to see you. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, great churches are a result of great testimonies. It's true. And this church is one of them. Thank you, Lord. And you know, just uh, uh, this time, we're just uh, just so grateful to be here. And uh, I believe God's got uh, some things we know and some things we don't know. You know, I have figured out that what you know is always attached to what you don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so you move in what you do know, but it will carry you to things that you really don't know. Abraham, having a spirit of faith, left where he was. He, did, he moved in what he knew, but he walked into something he didn't know. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's a wonderful thing. You know, it keeps us, uh, it keeps us uh, expecting. Expecting. And so I don't care if you're here and you're 30 or you're 80. If you're breathing, our expectation is in God. Amen? Or 13. Or 13. Expecting great things from a great God. Every, everybody just say, I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. From a great God. From a great God. Hallelujah. Psalms 27 verse 13 says, I would have fainted. Unless I had believed Ooh, glory. to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then he says, wait on the Lord. And that word for wait is literally the word that means to expect. It's to expect. It means wait on the Lord. Expect from the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. The Amplified Bible says, wait Hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage. Let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait, hope for, and expect from the Lord. See, the word expect and the word hope, the word expect in the Old Testament is the same word for hope in the New Testament. Or I should just, yeah, that's the way it goes. And it literally means what happens is uh, uh, hope extends your faith. Faith is about what's right here, but hope is about where you're going. See, hope extends your faith. Praise the Lord. So that's the reason you're still here. Yes, if you got faith, but if you have no hope, you will not be able to move on. It extends. We're going to, we're just going to, yeah, that's right. It's got to do with the future. And when I was this morning, last night, reading some things, I thought, Oh, I see, Lord, what you're doing here. It's not just about what we can see right now. Because if it was, some of us would just say, I quit. But it's not just about what we can see right now. It's our hope is in God. We expect from him. It's about what's going to happen next. It's about what's in the future. Do you know all the men and women of faith in Hebrews 11 had their eyes on what was to come? They lived by faith. But they had hope in God that there was something yet to come. I've already started what I feel like I want to say this morning. Whatever. But it's Whatever just you a, want to do. We've already had some great songs. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
Man, so, I'm thinking uh, everybody in town needs to be here just to hear those words. Praise the Lord. Just to say them. Yes. Oh, my praise sister's always saying, you know, what about the songs? What about the songs with the confession songs? I'm thinking, well, that's how we started writing was confession songs. It's all, they're all, they all go together. You know, and I'm thinking, man, everybody ought to be here. Man, just get some more chairs up. You know? In fact, Lord. some people are coming in tonight, tomorrow night. Yeah. And different churches are coming and stuff. I mean, we just do. Some people are going to keep on saying it. Yes. I'm going to keep on saying it. I'm going to keep on saying it. Woo. Going to keep on, keep, keep on, on, keep on saying God's word. I tell you, I mean, just saying that right there. It's, I mean, if, if, if you'd ever got any preaching, we got it all right there. Just, I now understand why some people, we'd sing some songs, and pastors would say, you said sang more in five minutes than we did in 30. I now get it. I, I, I get it. Took me a while, but I got it. You know, just, just those words, you know, just, just those words. I remember we used to sing um, that song, um, uh, oh gosh, the one Lois loves, My Family Portrait, you know. Pastors just, just used to love that song, you know, and stuff. And I, I, I thought, well, gosh, this is just normal, you know. But hallelujah, it was just keep on saying, keep on saying God's word. I mean, it, this, this is gold here this morning. There's gold here. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So we're just going to sing. Whatever you want to do. If you want to teach, you can teach. Well, I do want to, but I will. Should we sing one before I do? Sure, Maybe whatever. we will. Maybe we'll just do this. Because, you know, there's something about. Uh, you know why the meetings are so good here? We are professionals. Here? Don't Listen, try this at home. You know why the meetings are so good here? Oh, it's because, you know, we don't. Oh, you don't have an agenda. You know, we just go. Wherever we Oh, praise the Lord. That's why they're Ephesians so chapter 5 Ooh, says it uh, like this. And we're just going to do, you know, we're going to follow the Bible pattern. He says uh, in, uh, in the last days, he says uh, that you don't walk as fools but wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Don't be unwise. Understand what the will of God is. Now, the next part I'm going to read, sometimes people think this is the unnecessary part. Because, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, don't be a fool. Be wise. Redeem the time. The days are evil. But the very next verse says, and this is in the context of not being a fool, but being wise, walking in the will of the Lord. Don't be drunk with wine, which is excess or dissipation. It just cheapens your life. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making, uh, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So glory to God. So we're going to do that right now. We're just going to sing and make melody in our heart together to the Lord. A song of praise. He says, be filled with the Spirit singing. There's something about singing that helps to fill you up with the Holy Ghost. So praise the Lord. Some of you may not know this. Some of you may, but it's real simple. It just says, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. So we join our voices together in one word. Sorry about that. Got it? All right. Are you got it? You'll get it. Every praise 
is to our God. Every word of worship with one of call. What are we gonna do? Every prayer be filled. Every prayer is to our God. Just glorify Him. Sing hallelujah to our God. you've been. I don't care how bad you see people out of the world. If they get one word from the gospel, you say, well, I just give up. Oh, don't ever give up unless the Holy Ghost tells you to, but don't ever give up unless you get a word from God. You understand what I'm saying? You know how he'll speak on the inside. You know how he would talk and, you know, and say, well, you know, dad Hagen, he was going to pray for someone and the Holy Ghost stopped him. and He said, don't pray for him. He said, they're going to die. Well, I don't know why. He didn't know why what things were, were happening, but things were already set in motion, but what they had already been saying, and he didn't know that. But very seldom did that happen. You understand? That very seldom does that happen. You still give somebody some of the truth. Like we did when we'd go into Paris, when we'd go all over the world, just especially Paris. <laughs> Give them, give them the truth. We gave them the truth. And if they, be, if somewhere, I don't care how dark or morbid or horrific their life has been, somewhere, if they take one nugget of truth and go, my God, my God, what was I thinking? They can be set free. That's why we can't stop telling others. We can't stop praying. We praise, but how much do we pray? Come on. Well, you know, if I had a coach with me that just prayed with me, sometimes I'll just turn on a, a cassette, I mean, that now is on my CD that's now on my iPod. Dad Hagen praying, and I'll just get down. I'll just get down. As he's praying, I'll just start praying with him in the Spirit. And then all of a sudden, I don't need him praying anymore. I can cut that thing off. I mean, I'm, I take off. Woo, glory to God. Praise the Lord. You can be Hallelujah. seated. I don't care. You can stand up. Or you can roll on the floor. We don't Praise care. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. More mar- miracles have happened in this church. Like I said. I mean, we're in churches. There's 2,500 people. But, you know, things happen here that... And we talk about that. Because you guys know. Things happen here that we talk If you don't have a miracle, you don't get nothing. Things happen here that we talk about there. And it inspires them. It inspires them. It inspires them to receive. And probably do the same thing for you. Praise the Lord. I mean, your your brother is well known around the world. (laughs) You come back through the door screaming, you know, and I'm thinking. fire in the church. Something like that. I I mean, how many churches can do that? You can, but how many do do it? I'm really glad. He came through the door that night screaming, there's a fire. But I can tell you, I'm more glad he's there today. Now, you see, and that really, one is not (laughs) less than the other. You need both. You need both. If you're going to 
If you're going to really you need tra- have travailing, the will of God. travailing spirit, you need a happy spirit. You need you need both. You Praise need to, the Lord. You need to follow the Holy Ghost. Proverbs 23 says this: For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. The Amplified Bible says, Surely there is a latter end, a future, and a reward, and your hope and expectation expectation shall not be cut off. Don't you like that? I'm telling you, your expectation when it's in God, it's not just about what's going on right now. It's about what's going to happen in the future. Faith is... Can, uh, uh, faith in God is is absolutely what causes you to stand your ground. But hope in God is what causes you to go where he's, your faith will carry you. You must have hope. Hope extends your faith. Uh, uh, Proverbs 24, 14 says this. Uh, knowledge, uh, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto your soul. When you have found it, there shall be a reward and your expectation shall not be cut off. I'll read what I read earlier again. Psalm 62 verse 5. My soul, wait thou only on God for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. I hear this. Oh, my hope is in the Lord. You're the glory, 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 glory of my soul. My hope. In the alone, if I have you, I have everything. Hallelujah. So hope in God. Hope literally, the expectation, the word... um, in the uh, Greek, literally means a cord or an attachment. It, it meant, it lit, it's figuratively expectation, but literally an attachment. In other words, it connects you with something to come. Are y'all seeing that? just want you to see that this morning because it's real important. I believe it will help you to receive what the Spirit of God is doing in this house today. I read this story. Uh, it was an uh, in, in a book called Good to Great, it was uh, uh, referred to a man, uh, Admiral Jim Stockdale, who was the highest ranking United States military officer in the Hanoi Hilton prisoner of war camp during the height of the Vietnam War. He was tortured over 20 times during his eight-year imprisonment from 65 to 73. He lived out the war without any prisoner's rights, no set release date, No certainty as to whether he would ever survive to see his family again. 
And so the author uh, uh, who wrote the book said, here I am sitting in my warm, comfortable office. And he said, I know the end of the story. I know he gets out. He reunites with his family, becomes a national hero, gets to spend the latter years of his life uh, on this campus, uh, beautiful campus where he was. But he said, how on earth did he deal with, uh, where, with it when he was actually there and did not know the end of the story? And then he said, he said, um, uh, he told him, he said, I, I never lost faith in the end of the story, he said. When, he, when I asked him, he said, I never doubted not only that I would get out, but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into a defining event of my life. He said, the author said, I didn't say anything for a few minutes and I, as I was walking with him and he was limping and kind of arc swinging his stiff leg that had never fully recovered from the repeated tortures. Finally, I asked, who didn't make it out? Oh, that's easy, he said, the optimist. <laughs> the optimist, he said, I don't understand. I was completely confused given by what he had said earlier. The optimist, he said, oh, they were the ones who would always say, we're going to be out by Christmas. Christmas would come, Christmas would go. Then they'd say, we're going to be out by Easter. Easter would come, Easter would go, then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again. And eventually they died of a broken heart. Then he turned to me and he said, it's a very important lesson. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. In other words, the reason he could hold on where he was is because he had hope for what would come. There's a, there's a holding power uh, when you have your expectation in God that even though, it's like I said, there are some unknowns, it still will, because of what you know, it will cause you to be able to hold yourself steady because there's a greater, my hope is in God and my expectation will not be cut off. I know the end of the story, as he said. And so, uh, as we're talking about these two things today, hope in God, uh, 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 there's a, um, a uh, hope, the Bible calls hope an anchor of our soul in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19. It says, we have hope as an anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast. Uh, the Amplified Bible says, now this is really good because he's talking about the two unchangeable things that he knows. God's promise and God's oath. He said, this is God who spoke and it was his promise and these things cannot be changed. The Amplified Bible says, it's impossible for God to ever prove false or, de or deceive us, those of us who have fled to him for refuge that we might uh, have a mighty strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed for us and set before us. Now we have, this is the Amplified Bible, they Amplified. Now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whoever steps upon it. Wow. Isn't that great? 
You know, I'm telling you, the world is dying in hopelessness. Dying. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, without God, you are without hope in the world. I mean, there are more people committing. I think uh, now uh, suicide is something like the second or third, third one or the other highest cause of death in uh, um, the middle uh, you know, age group. I forget exactly how it is, but it's hopelessness. People overwhelmed with, you know, it's like in the, in their, their life, things happen and they, and they, and then it happens, something happens again and something happens again. And instead of being able to continue to believe they have no hope. And so they give up. And they quit. But the Bible says hope is an anchor of our soul. The word, the anchor, I I think it's interesting. For almost 200 years, uh, anchors have been used as a symbol of hope. Because it was an emblem that was especially significant to the persecuted church. They have discovered many etchings of anchors in the catacombs of Rome where Christians held their meetings in hiding. Threatened with death because of their faith, these committed Christians used an anchor as a marker to guide the way to their secret meetings. So the anchor found on some tombstones today is the symbol of guaranteed hope for the Christian. Woo, an anchor. You say, what is an anchor? It's a heavy weight, a stone or metal attached to a rope or a chain. You drop it overboard to keep a ship from moving with the current. Ancient anchors were much like the modern ones with iron hooks, which took hold of the rocks and prevented shipwreck. Isn't that good? Uh, I didn't preach myself happy. I got happy and came here and preached. And he says, uh, a vessel that was, a vessel that's not, but of course, if what you're preaching doesn't keep you happy, you're in trouble. Uh, A vessel that is not securely anchored would not have much hope of riding out a violent storm. We have hope. We have a word from God, a promise from God that cannot be altered. And it causes us to hope in the middle of a storm. Hope in the spirit-filled life Bible. Uh, Strong's concordance, the definition for hope. In, I just read you the scripture. Means uh, it's not in the sense of an optimistic outlook or wishful thinking without any foundation. But it's a sense of confident expectation based on solid certainty. Biblical hope rests on God's promise. Woo, so certain, I love this. So certain is the future of the redeemed in the New Testament. Sometimes it speaks of future events in the past tense as though they were already accomplished. The conviction is so sure. It's almost, it's like a future events. We're so sure. It's like heaven and the reality. And really hope in heaven is the number one hope we have as a Christian. And those, those future events are so certain. Are so certain. We're so anchored. We're not moving. We're not going with the current. We're not going to be shipwrecked. We're so sure of that. In the Bible, it speaks of it as though it were already accomplished. And I love this. Hope is never inferior to faith. It's an extension of faith. It's never 
and fear, it, it's an extension. What we were, what, what you, faith uh, uh, takes a hold. Uh, faith is now, right now. Faith, what does he say in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1? Now faith is the, uh, uh, it, it, well, I got it written down here. I always, I always say the two of them differently. Now faith is the substance of things Hope for the substance. One translation says the conviction faith. In other words, you can see what I'm doing right now and know I have my hope in God. You understand? It changes what I do right now, but it takes you to what you don't know. And it causes you to ride out the shipwreck. You know, you don't go shipwreck. Ride out the storm. You get carried by God's promise instead of by your fear or disappointment or hurt or unforgiveness or whatever else it is in life that has uh, tried to uh, uh, direct your path. So you could say this, hope in God keeps you anchored. Hope in God keeps you anchored. Uh, The greatest uh, enemy of your life is hopelessness. Without hope, uh, you cannot have anything to anchor your faith to. You must have hope in God. And it will cause you, praise God, you will survive. You will thrive. And you will be able to complete the job God's called you to do. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Also, I like to say this. Faith keeps, now hope keeps you anchored, but faith keeps you focused. See, because faith is about what you, what you see, what you're looking at. Faith keeps you hopeless. Hope. Uh, Faith keeps you focused. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says that all of those uh, uh, men and women of faith who have gone before us, that every single one of them, uh, they they circle about us. And he says, lay aside or quit diverting your attention to the sin and the, what does he say? The weights which do so easily get you off course. Quit diverting... Quit getting detoured by all those things, but let us, what does he say? Run uh, with patience or endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You say, why do you need to go look to Jesus? Because he's the finisher. He knows where the finish line is. You don't, but he does. It's like those guys that are in those boats, you know. Uh, what are they called? Sculling. sculling. You've ever seen those guys? They're sculling and they're like in those long, they look like long skinny canoes, you know. And they're, they've got like, I don't know, six or eight guys. And they're all, you know, rowing their real, uh, what's the word? Synchronized. All? Synchronized. And so, uh, uh, but you think, I don't, I, I've thought about this before and I actually was reading about it. You think, how do they know? You know, they got their back to the finish line. How do they know? What to do and when to, when to give it a little more, when to draw back. Well, there's a guy that sits at the front of the boat and there's a name for him. And he's actually the one who's looking at the finish line. And he's the one that's directing them so they all move together and they will successfully cross the finish line if they keep their eyes on him. Well, it's the same thing with Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. If you keep your eyes on him, you'll know exactly what to do, when to do it. You might not know why you're doing it, but he's the one who will yell out, it is finished. 
He knows where the finish line is. And if you'll keep your eyes on him, you'll stay focused. You know what they say? Now, I don't personally know this, but I thought it was interesting in light of this, that, uh, uh, that, that the reason that a lion tamer uses a chair when he's, you know, in the ring with a lion is because there are four legs uh, in the chair that face the lion and it causes the lion to lose his focus. He's trying to, what, what leg should I look at? And even though that lion is much stronger than that lion tamer, because that lion cannot maintain his focus, he, even though he has the strength to overcome him, he is the one who is submitted to the guy with a leg, the chair, the, the chair with four legs. You say, really? Can the devil, I mean, it sure does seem like he's messing with me. Well, you know, maybe if you just keep your focus, the strength that God has given you will cause you to be able to be the one who's directing traffic instead of him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Doesn't mean you won't have trouble, but it sure does mean that it won't be the only thing you have. Hallelujah. Are y'all okay? And so I'm reading that this, I, this was just really uh, uh, hope to the end, the Bible says. Christ in you, the hope of, the glor- of glory. The glorious one who is uh, 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 directing and knows the finish line. Expecting in God. God never gives up on you. Never. But what happens is you might give up on God. If you lose your hope, you'll give up on God. God will never give up on you. But what today is about is understanding how to never give up on God. Because it's not just about what's happening now. If all you see is what's happening now, you will lose your hope. Did you hear me? I'm not saying you don't need to uh, uh, properly deal with what's happening now. But you must have hope that extends beyond that. Because when you do that, it's like that guy I read. You know, how did he get out? Well, it wasn't because I was optimistic. It was because I expected to get out. And no matter what else happened, it extended beyond that. And today, I'm out. You get what I'm saying? Doesn't mean the other stuff doesn't happen. See, sometimes when people, you know, optimistic, what they mean by that, what he meant by that was, well, you know, they just never, you know, they don't, nothing bad will ever happen. No, it won't happen to me. I'll be out. I'll be out. No, but then something happens. What are you going to do now? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I got my anchor and I'm not going with the current. I'm on the path where God's a word is in my heart and that word will carry me, not this difficulty. Praise the Lord. So can I give you a real... Great story in the Bible of faith and hope working together. Would you like that? Okay, somebody does. All right, here we go. Uh, Great hope of faith, uh, of faith and love working together. It's in Joshua chapter 2, and it's, it's listed and described in one verse in Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, it says this, By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe because she received the spies with peace. So it was in one verse. I think it's interesting to me. You know, Hebrews is full of summing up or defining people of faith's lives in one verse. It's full of that. It's full of that. 
I mean, it's amazing. You know, it kind of tells me, really, when life, when you boil it all down. I know daily, you know, all the difficulties and all the challenges, just getting up sometimes, <laughs> taking a shower and drying my hair. I think, oh, I don't want to do You know, you just daily seem like it's just. But really, when life is all summed up, it doesn't take that many words to describe who you really are. really doesn't. Somebody said once, you know, you go to a funeral and you see the day they were born, and there's a dash, and the day they died. And you really could just say, what did you do with your dash? Really, your life is summed up. What, what, what is it? It's just a dash between the day you were born and the day you die. Well, let me just tell you, hope and faith in God The Bible says there are lots of things that pass away. Everything passes away. But there are three things that will never pass away. Faith, hope, and love. You might lose a lot of things, but if you don't lose those things, you are a rich person. Hallelujah. And so he says, all right, I'm going to get to it here. So he says here in Joshua chapter 2. Now, this is where uh, Joshua had sent out two spies to go across into the land of Jericho. And uh, because they were about to cross over, God had told them uh, the walls of Jericho are going to fall down and you are going to possess the land that I have given you. I mean, think about somebody with hope in God, Joshua and uh Caleb, 40 years later, I mean, earlier they had said, we are well able right now. Our faith is in God. They were right there. They had faith in God. But it took 40 years of letting their their faith connect with their hope and that, that expectancy. When I say hope, I mean expectancy. It's the same word. New Testament word for hope is the Old Testament word for expectancy. It's not an optimistic, uh, you know, idea without any certainty. It is rock solid certainty that extends your faith. Faith, hope is an extender of faith. I'm trying to help you to follow through with this, okay? What? What did you say? Oh, an extender. Well, I don't know. I have to think about that one. Have you? Oh, I go. Okay, there you go. An extender for a selfie. Ah, that's what you thought of. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So, so in Joshua chapter 2. Now, there's a reason. This doesn't take very long. You're going to see this. Now, it's very interesting because here is uh, the two guys, the two spies, going into uh, uh, to Jericho to spy out the land. And so they come. The Bible says, uh, uh, as they came. Came in Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. They came to the house of a harlot named Rahab, and they stayed there. The king of Jericho came and said, uh, uh, bring out the men who come to your house. And th- this, uh, this uh, woman named Rahab took the two men and hid them, and she said, told the king of the land. Yeah, I know they were here, but they're gone now. You say, what was she doing? I'll tell you what she was doing. She was staying anchored. She was saying, no, my hope is in God. Do you, you think this is the first day that she was believing that God was going to help her? No. No. See, it's not something that just, okay, when this happens, then I'll trust God. No, you trust God no matter what's happening. 
But this day was the day her faith and her hope came together. Hey, this is what I've been believing for. And she was ready for it. Why? Because the day that was long and the day that was hard, she was expecting from God. And you say, how do you know that? Well, let's read the rest of the story. And so it says, uh, she says to the men uh, in verse 9, I know the Lord has given you the land. Uh, terrors have fallen on all of us. We're faint-hearted because of you. Verse 10, we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt. What you did to the kings, the Amorites on the other side of Jordan, Sihon, Og, you destroyed. And as we heard these things, our hearts melted. And there was no more courage in us because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Woo, she heard some things about God. And when she heard those things, she chose to believe that God, and she said, God, this is what she was believing. God, if you can do that for them, you can deliver me. Now she had no idea how that was going to happen. No idea. But she knew the God who could make it happen. And so she didn't know. You say, does it bother you because things happen you don't have the answer for? My goodness, no. Don't let it bother you because you know there are some things you don't have the answer for. I got news for you. God is God all by himself. But the part you do know, what are you doing with that? Let that be your faith and let it anchor you and cause you to have hope in God so you won't be a a shipwrecked or, 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 or carried off by the current of life. And so this is what exactly what Rahab did. And so she said, because, uh, you know, she said, I, I swore kindness. I, I showed you kindness. Uh, and now you show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token or a pledge or a witness that my mother. Now watch this now, because I want you to see it's not just about her. It's about what it's connecting her to. Her hope in God. My father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, all that I have, they will all be delivered. And the answer, the men answered and said, I'm going on there. They shall be when the Lord's given us the land. We will deal with you kindly and with you. And she let them down, verse 15, by a rope. I want to get here. And and, uh, through the window for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the city wall. Now, and it says that she dwelt on this wall. She told him where to go, go this way. And, you know, and then it says, uh, verse 18, unless they told her we will be blameless unless you've made a, uh, you, when we come into the land, you bind, verse 18, this line of scarlet cord in the window, which you let us down with. And I think it's very interesting. The word there for line is the word I read to you earlier. Remember when I read to you where it says it's literally a cord or a line figuratively it's expectation literally she say they're saying let us see that you have your uh, uh, your hope in God that literally it was a cord but it was a line that connected her with what God was going to do and uh, with such certainty she had hope in him that it was you know she was living as though it was already done are y'all okay 
So he said, so he went on and it said, uh, whoever, uh, verse, uh, w- w- verse 21, she said, according to your word, so be it uh, t- uh, unto me. And then it said, uh, that sounds like what Mary said when the angel said, uh, nothing with, will be impossible with God. According to your word, so be it. And she, uh, they, she sent them away. They departed and she bound the scarlet cord in her window. I looked up this word. Uh, where she bound the scarlet cord in her window. It is the word that I read to you earlier. Expectation. Uh, 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 The thing that I hope for. It is the same word that's in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 where he says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Woo! Woo! He told this, Jeremiah the prophet said this to the people uh, of God when they were totally devastated. But he said, I know the thoughts that God is thinking towards you. The thoughts that God thinks towards you are about your future and an expected end. It's not just about, thank God you're here today. Thank God you're delivered. But I'm telling you, it extends far beyond that. If it's all you live for then you will at some point quit. But if you have hope in God, watch what happened to Rahab because she extended her faith beyond just where she was. She was on the city wall of Jericho, prophesied to fall, but on the city wall, a girl named Rahab said, I hope in God Uh, right here where I'm at. I'm calling out to the God who is a deliverer. Now God, deliver me. She didn't know how he was going to do it. But I can tell you, every day, I don't care how many Christmases came and went, she was saying, God is my deliverer. Y'all with me? God is my deliverer. And you see, this is what happened. Uh, uh, it, because of Rahab uh, having her hope in God, it, she's, the, uh, she's uh, really, when it says in James chapter 1, to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, she, you know, he's talking about uh, 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 that, that faith uh, causes things. It's an action. He mentions two people. He mentions verse 5, Rahab the harlot, and he mentions Abraham. Only two people he mentions. Only two people he mentions. You would have thought he would have mentioned, you know, Moses. Or, you know, somebody who was a hat. Their life seemed to be a little prettier, you know what I mean? But he mentioned Rahab. I mean, to me, I noticed it a long time ago, and it's just, and then it gets over to Matthew chapter 1. Now, this is why I want, these are the begots or the uh uh, genealogy. genealogy and you know what genealogy uh, people like to have their genealogy to see where they come from but in Matthew chapter 1 he's showing you where you come from but he's showing you this so you can see there's a pattern and if you'll follow the pattern what he's done he's still doing so in Matthew chapter 1, it says this in verse 5. I won't read them all, but I've just got to read this to you. Salmon beget, begot Boaz by Rahab. Okay, now this is the Rahab we were just talking about. And it says Salmon begat Boaz by Rahab. Now Salmon, Bible uh, scholars will tell us, was one of those two spies. Did you know that? One of those two spies. 
So now Rahab came out. There were many people who were not uh, uh, Jews by blood. They called them a mixed company. But they hooked up with faith in God and came out and got delivered just like the ones who had a covenant with God. Wow. Well, one of them was named Rahab. Now, this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And it says, Salmon, one of the spies, they had a child named Boaz. How many of you remember who Boaz was? Now, Boaz had a child named Obed by Ruth. How many of you remember who Ruth was? She was the one that when Naomi was left and she was a widow, and now here's Ruth, she's a widow, childless. I mean, if you want to lose hope, brother. I mean, the, the husband died, the father died, they have nothing left. And so now Naomi takes Ruth and they go back to their homeland. And when they go back to their homeland, Ruth goes into a field. No, Ruth, yeah, Ruth, I understand, but I'm getting to my point, but that's okay. Yeah, Naomi, Naomi was going to say, you know, no, you go, you go. But Ruth said, no, where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Where who you worship, I will worship. Now, to me, she looked like she's stepping out a little bit, extending her life beyond just where she is right now. And the Bible says that one day Ruth is gleaning in a field and a man named Boaz sees her. And Bo, now I'm talking to you about faith and hope. It all started in a little house on a city wall where a girl named Rahab said, I put my expectation in God. I believe God today and I hope in God for tomorrow. And you think it's just so you can get out of your Toyota payment. But I'm here to tell you it's got something to do with a genealogy that will be read. It's the dash in your life that when where it will insert the will of God and faith in God will cause something to be born and to be known of your life that will have significance far beyond your salary. And so here it is. Boaz sees Ruth and he gets, he, the Bible, you know, Boaz means redeemer and he literally redeems her life. He said, what does faith and hope do? It's a redeemer, the redeeming Christ, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So I'm here to tell you, oh, glory to God. We put our eyes on what Jesus, who he is. We keep our faith. Oh, we keep our faith to run our race, but we will not lose hope, God, for we call upon you and you said that you have promised us that you would uh, give us an expected end or a hereafter. It's the same word that's in Proverbs 23, 18. I love this word. Surely. This is the amplified. There is a latter end, a future and a reward. And your hope and expectation shall not be cut off. Glory to God. Oh, Lord, I thank you that that word is at work in the lives of the people here this morning. Are you good? You trying to study my lesson out? (laughs) Make sure. 
I love that story, though. See, because really, faith is just a result of people living what they believe. Hope keeps you living. Do you understand what I'm saying? It extends beyond. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Are y'all with me? Woo! Naomi was. Wow. It's like I'm out here in the desert of Casa Grande. But boy, she... She believed right in the middle. I'm in the middle of a place. There's a line in the sand. So glad you're here. So glad you're here. So glad you stayed. Glad you stayed. Glad you stayed. It's my desire. To live for Jesus It's my desire To live for Him He's for It's my desire to live for We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duval. For more information about Shekinah Glory Ministries, log on to our website at www.shekinaglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. Be sure to subscribe to our mailing list in order to receive newsletter and email updates of ongoing ministry projects. The website also offers our daily devotional, testimonies, and updates from the road, as well as our ministry itinerary, so you can stay connected and pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do what we do without your help. Strengthening the church, reaching the world, and helping believers learn who they are in Christ. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.